it feels weird because I feel like we've been saying that for so long now, like, ah, it's another day. You don't want to push it. And I'm just, you know, it's like, but at one point you got to get some profits in. But yeah, it's, oh, hey, Danny. What's up, guys? Oh, I just hi. took shares oh. on TPST there. I had a nice little bounce back. Well, I'm still holding the full position. I didn't get any profit out yet. So let's see if I can. You bought that fake sell off there just now? Yeah, I'm in at 65. Oh, yeah, that's nice, actually. Got some out there for 10 cents. I'd like to see if it can get back over 80. I'm not sure if it will, though. I'm going to get the rest out there, I guess. That's where it gets uh, pretty intense on those moves because it's you're in a way you're trading backside and that's that's exactly where I've been losing all of my money. Yeah, I agree. Except kind of on TPST because it seems like somebody is buying it up every time it does Good point. do a deeper dip. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. Won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. You but you definitely have to be careful and patient. Yeah, it's been holding this zone pretty okay. That eleven forty claim was a that's a big candle back up. Uh eleven forty? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I think I got a little bit of profit on that, but I thought it was dead at that point. I did and too. The the hard part is it has like these huge bullish engulfing candles after that attempted sell off, and then it just does nothing. We'll push up close to high a day at some point again, and then it might wash. <clears throat> yeah, be manipulated. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would be worried about. Another one of those EDTX moments because I mean it was at seventeen cents. You can't forget that. And now it's chilling around 770. Well, the difference, though, at least, is that they had news. Yeah. They had um, cancer trial results that spiked that. So might push past 10 at one point. I wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah, it's holding up fairly well. I'm not sure if it'll, I'm not sure if it can do that today. Yeah, I'm not sure about today either, but it definitely feels like, especially on the daily, <clears throat> that it's, you know, it had the big pullback and now it's starting to yeah higher. Yeah. I'm worried about going to the gym. I'm sure I'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. But I've traded it pretty well today. Um, I'm just under my highs on it. I was at 2200 on it. Um, oh, that's really nice. By the time that like 1023 candle hit, and then in the little pullback and all of that, I gave back, I think just 500 of it. And then around that 1050, 1049, 1050 candle, um, I was trying to buy that as a dip, and I gave back a lot more i went from 2200 on it eventually down to just under 700 on it mm. <clears throat> um but now i'm back up at 1650 so 
two solid days in a row for me. And um, I'm kind of just trying not to overtrade it. That's that's been my problem. Yesterday I had a max loss day and it was so unnecessary. Mm. Like I was trending red all day. I was making mm. notes like, you know, it's not looking good for me. I'm trending down. I'm a little sick. And I just, you know, it's not looking good for I, me. I was already writing that like pre-market. Like I just cannot catch a break. And then I had like market opened. I had like 10 red trades in a in a row. No big losers, but I was like just bleeding cash. And I was like, all right, yeah. Well, not not a good day for me period that's just sometimes you have those days <clears throat> yeah i've really been finding lately that pre-market is like semi-untradeable yeah i agree with that i normally that. don't focus on it much at all but um even just watching it and i did try to take a couple trades on sprc before the open today and i think it was two two losses out of two attempts Pre market has has not been paying me like it used to uh, at the moment. Yeah. But I'll I'll check it at seven a.m. and then I basically log off at seven thirty. Uh, yeah. Once I conclude <clears throat> that nothing's really looking good, because usually I do yeah. make most of my money right around that seven seven a.m. time. If there's nothing moving, then I I just close it, maintain that mental uh, capacity, that mental energy before I throw it all yeah. out the window, looking at nothing. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. Um, number one, probably being that even with the top gainer, top gapper, um, even with them showing like a solid gap up, they seem to trade really terribly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're just too crowded, too many people watching them, too much garbage going on. Yeah, it sure feels that way. 100%. <clears throat> I'm wishing that I'd held on to TPST a little bit longer, but if it can get back over eight, it gets above descending resistance. There's 180,000 share seller at 790, but I think they're going to get squeezed. Yeah, you know, trading this late in the morning or day, it's, you know, it's noon now, I feel like hasn't even been the worst approach. I mean, there's been some pretty good moves like late 10 o'clock. It's unusual. Mm, but, uh, yeah. I think that's also what's been making it a little bit harder for me since I usually don't stick around this late. And I feel like in this market, you really have to just kind of be patient and stare at the market until something happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. Like last week, because I had been in a drawdown for so long and I still am, but I've had a couple solid days now, finally. Um, mm -hmm. I started going to the gym like early, like right after market opened and just to try to avoid the, the open in like the first hour. Um, and that was kind of hard too, because I would feel like I needed to rush through my workout and I was kind of missing actual moves. And then I would come back and nothing would be happening. Yeah. So even though I was trying to avoid getting chopped up, I kind of still got chopped up a little bit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's there's no winning right now, I, I swear. Yeah, it's tough. It's a grind. It's a grind. How's uh how's everyone else doing? Who, who wants to take it? I'm doing okay. Um the first week of October was awful for me. Five red days in a row, Monday through Friday. Um last week was okay. I had four green days 
Thursday was a red day, a little bit bigger, definitely bigger than I would have liked. Um, <clears throat> but so far this week, I'm on two really, really very solid green days. And it it definitely helps with the confidence, but starting to maybe feel like there's some light. <laughs> um, I just know that I need to keep being very careful. And just because I've had one or two good days in a row doesn't mean that like the market is safe still. Yeah. Hot, especially. So just trying to keep being careful and trying to keep being really mindful of each of the trades I'm taking. Wow. NKTX just now. Boom. Yeah. I keep seeing that chime on my scanners and because of the float, and the price, I kind of just completely discounted it. Um, but that's a pop, isn't it? It's a really nice one. I was just thinking, like maybe I should trade it, but uh, I don't oh, know. No, I it's, didn't it's really a have thirty-five million float, which on a cheaper stock maybe isn't a big deal, but thirty-five million share float in like the two to three dollar range—that's not really what I tend to do really well on. Mm. Yeah, I just like this extended pullback here because we've been seeing a lot of these uh, shakeouts before a quick, maybe one <clears> minute <throat> pop. And then and then yeah. basically after that, it's not easy to trade. But I feel like this move right here is uh, has been happening a lot. How about how about uh, any Toby, Tom, Holby? What, what are you guys thinking right now? How's your trading going? I did OK today. I was a little smaller size, just super, super relaxed. Uh, traded a little bit in pre-market. It was up like 150 in pre-market. And uh, just kind of held that all the way through till the market opened. Didn't trade much during market open. It was just too whippy. So I mm -hmm. decided not to trade it. Just I couldn't get a feel of where anything was going. So uh, I waited a little bit longer and then started trading TS, TPST. And I also was trading SPRC a little bit, you know, about 30 minutes after the market opened trying to let, letting it slow down a little bit and was able to find some better trades that way. Um, I, my high was, I got up to like 340 or something and then gave back about a hundred. And then my last trade I made back like 130. So I was up like 350, 360 on the day. That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it was easy, chill, no, no stress. So <laughs> I'll take it. Dude, yeah. Yeah, for me, um, tough, tough market for sure today, man. Like even the past couple of weeks have just been like the backs. Once the stock ent enters the backside, it's just like it can get brutal. Uh, yesterday on MNTS, um, we had that nice run up. It was like almost like 200 percent um, mm. and then gave back all of its gains on the day to curl back up by the end of the day and squeeze out. But uh, yeah, yesterday got caught in that halt down for 50 cent loss um, on still somewhat small share size. I haven't been really pushing it too heavy. Um, but yeah, the, the backside is, has been pretty brutal and it's just like this very short lived pops. Like if you can, it's really hard to time um, when the shorts are stuck uh, because, you know, it'll, it'll hit the, 
the resistance like three or four times within the same candle before it finally pops through. Sometimes we'll retrace the entire move back to the lows to curl up again. And yeah. it's just like, uh, it's just really hard to, to get that timing. And then if you take too many uh, small paper cuts, by the time you do get the move, you're still kind of red mm -hmm. on it. You don't really make all <clears> the back. Um, and yeah. then for after it squeezes out, it reverses and comes all the way back down. Uh, but yeah, definitely overall on this month, uh, small green, um, still kind of just, just kind of chugging away on like smaller share size. Yesterday I tried to push a little bit, but got stuck in a halt, like I said. And then today, uh, made a decent chunk back, mostly because I got that lucky breakout that broke out fifty cents on TPST. Mm. Usually breakouts aren't that explosive, but I think I lucked out with catching that that breakout that squeezed all the way up to about nine bucks. Uh, so that that kind of made my day today. Nice. Yeah, overall, small green. How come you did you get the breakout when it was? Uh... When it already broke and had that one minute pullback, or did you go for that initial kind of? Oh no, sorry, it got up to yeah, sorry, seven forty up to uh, seven ninety eight, not to nine. I didn't catch the continuation. I was like, oh, so you... I got my green trade. I'm done. <laughs> wow, nice. Okay, yeah, that was a classic breakout trade. Nice work. Yeah, and you can kind of see on the larger time frame, just from after hours and pre market, um, on that chart pattern that uh, seven fifty was. Definitely likely to break, especially after you got that test at uh, 955 uh, and then it pulled back and then it held that low. You see how it whipped back down at, at 955 today? Yeah. Uh, it held the low. If it was weak, uh, it would have sold off and went right back down all the way to to where it came from, back down wherever what price was at, down at like 3 or $4. But since it held that low and kind of bounced pretty strongly – at uh, 9.55 this morning um, and kind of held that range, definitely likely to see that break at 7.50 for sure. Yeah, I like that. And at this point, we're making higher lows and it turns into a bit of a flat top breakout. Yeah, and what, what I was saying was that fan, you see that fan candle at like 9.53? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we did try to break the 7.50. Was that, yeah, 7.50 area? So, but we kind of topped out again, but we held the low after that flush back down that's definitely a signal that there's uh more interest in the stock than we than you'd think mm. yeah well that was a solid trade for sure that's that's kind of what i was telling uh danny before it feels like you really have to be patient in this environment and then you gotta yeah. once you see that move you really got to get aggressive ideally use decent size and then kind of walk away or prepare to wait for another 30 minutes yeah but yeah, look, it took 30 minutes in that range just to break out. That's like what I was saying before is like um, timing that breakout is so tough because you could be watching that range for 30 minutes before it ever breaks out and you can be mm -hmm. taking paper cut after paper cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be really careful with that lately. That's something I've I've noticed too and really been trying to focus on and try to trade less. So that, like you just said, by the time that break finally comes around, you're not like too red to even go green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just maybe um, a little bit of red so you have that extra Rambo inside of you. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> but not too much red where you, you can't get Got that. A little, little bit of extra fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Screw it. I'm going all in. Yeah. 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 You're like, I'm going to hit this with five 
thousand shares instead of one thousand. Yeah, uh, those are the best when they work. Yeah. <laughs> when they work. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> so bad. I just bought that dip on TPST. Did you? I did too, but I took a small loss buying the dip, and then I made a really small gain buying the dip. So. I, I almost I'm, hit the I'm bottom. Maybe. I got like 10 cents out of it or something. Nice. This, oh man. Yeah, I, I like the bounces it always makes, but these are the exact moves where I've been getting into max loss territory because it right now it's actually bouncing. And typically I'll go for these trades and they'll just go like this and then this. And then before yeah, you know they, it, it's going to continue. You're in the free fall. Yeah. But hey, these these are actually working pretty nicely. But yeah, yeah I was going to say my biggest losses are trying to fish for that bottom, yeah, and then it ends up halting down, and then I'm just like stuck, and then yeah. it opens up like fifty cents a dollar a share lower. That's my biggest losses ever. So I definitely get a little paranoid on those dips. Yeah, I'm a bit paranoid myself at the moment. What about you, Colby? How how's been? How's trading? What are the large caps up to? What's the spy doing? Give us the give us the scoop. Honestly, let me start it off with you know like cheers to you guys for fucking trading <laughs> that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we have that shit looks crazy, dude. I'm every time I in this every time I jump in this podcast and you guys are going over your trades, I'm just like, wow, the difference in markets is astonishing because <laughs> that stuff is just so. It's so crazy different than what I have to do. It's so it's so fascinating, honestly. Like you guys are just kind of trying to find that like there's really like a five minute window. I mean, it's the same thing with large caps, kind of like you always have that little window of time where things are really clean. But like, yeah, that's just crazy. That's scary. Um, For me, I've been fine. I mean, I'm trying not to change anything in my process and just work every day to try to make my system a little bit better. And um, this is like my phase of like, no more pivoting. I'm not going to do that ever again. I'm going to make what I have work. And I'm trying to do that a lot. But uh, I'm still like slightly red in October, but like $100, which is like one trade. Um, I don't know. My main thing right now is I'm trying not to just make any like really big mistakes. Like I was telling Danny this the other day, but um, yeah, like I don't want to make any like it's okay to make mistakes, but I don't want to make big mistakes because a big mistake right now means a red month. Like you just have one big mistake. You can have a whole red month just from one of them, you know, before yeah. you get bailed out by, you know, three or four decent little trades make up one mistake. But now it takes like a week, two weeks, three weeks to get over one max loss red day. So, yep, I have found that out and I'm working my way out of that. I concur yeah. as well. <laughs> I'm still yeah. wor working my way for my double max loss. <laughs> yeah, I had a double max yeah. loss two, two Fridays ago, and I'm still like $200 below that. So, yeah, I just don't want to have one more big mistake. And then it's like, boom, well, now I got to go I right. gotta spend two months of trading to try to get that back. But um, yeah, everything's been good, actually. I mean, I'm really starting to like my system that I'm forming and I could tell that every day I'm getting a little bit better at reading it. And it's kind of fun because like the whole system is still somewhat discretionary. Like I can understand the trend. That's what the system tells me, but I have to know the strength of it. So like if my system is very strong, let's say I'll look for a more aggressive target, more aggressive entries. And whenever it's weak, I'll just look for like cheap scalps and try to do it that way. 
Right. So it's kind of fun because there still is like a discretionary aspect. It's not like I'm just, you know, three buttons turn green and I'm like long full size, you know, like I still have to like think about it and really be cautious. And, but like today I went long on the, on the ES and I made like $400 on this one trade. And I'm, I have such a habit. I don't know if you guys do this, but I don't, you guys don't really trade reversals that much, but every single time I trade, I'm always getting the bulk of my profits at the very like first five minutes of a huge v-shape reversal so like mm -hmm. the v-shape happens and i get my profits in like that very bottom and then i just watch the whole thing go up without me and i literally <laughs> made five points on this move today and it went 50 so i made only 10 percent of the entire massive move that went oh man it was so painful because i had i think like, it's oh no sorry go ahead no yeah I'm... that's fine yeah um, I was just going to say, I think it's usually like reasonable to think if if I see a big move happen, I feel like I traded it well if I got like a third of the move. Yeah. Um, why do you think you were selling too early just because of like the market, just feeling like you need to take profits or do you do you so... just sell fully and not hold some? Well, I, I, th I think I have like three reasons. Reason number one. I was expecting it to, to reverse long all day. Um, yeah. Let me share my screen. Sometimes, and I think that this was an issue that I used to have more where I would take like all of my profit off. And what I found was taking bigger share size made me more comfortable with taking like the normal amount off that I would have where I felt like I should take profit and then mm -hmm. kind of let the rest do... Yeah. what it lo looks like it wants to do but yeah, i wouldn't recommend that if 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 you're like having a lot of struggles getting profit in the first place yeah i mean that's kind of i wish i was trading shares so i could do something <clears> like <throat> that but since it's contracts i'm kind of just mm -hmm. stuck because my max size is like two es yeah. contracts yeah which is a so hundred dollars yeah it's hundred dollars per point so like I mean, if I go to four ES contracts, that's $200 per point. I mean, I could lose $1,000 in a second doing that. So yeah, usually I'm only looking for one ES contract total on every trade. But um, you can see these trades here. So your question was, why did I sell this so early? So this is this tiny little trade. So got in here once, added here, sold both of them right there for like four points. But that was like $400 trade, that tiny little piece. But in the morning, I went long... Um, I immediately made like like $125 and then lost it, went negative 150, made back 100, went red again for negative 100. So I already was like fighting the market, thinking that we were going to go long, but I was just too early on the on the trade. And then I finally got this bottom, which is obviously this is the V right here that I'm talking about, like and I'm tr I made all of my money in literally the very like tiny minuscule part where the V actually started to go the other direction. And then look how far this went without me. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I sold right here. If I would have yeah. held this for two more minutes, I would have made a thousand dollars in that one trade. Yeah. And there's no bad. indication <laughs> for it to return. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can't it's really trade so this continuation because look at this shit. What are you going to do? Go long right here? Because then it's already extended. Yeah, like I'm I don't trade that shit. I'm like my number one thing that I hate trading more than anything is trading continuation after extension. I hate that shit. Yeah. It's just never because well, then so you slow. like 
you got the good move. And from there, it usually starts to get a little choppy. I mean, yeah, you had an awesome entry and you sold into resistance. So it makes sense. Like there's two things I could have done. So first of all, don't, if I'm going long this early and it's like before 10 o'clock, the market never reverses before 10 o'clock. So if I'm looking for a reversal and I get two points or three points and it's before 10 o'clock and I can just book a hundred dollar win quickly, just <laughs> try to stack those up so I can build a cushion. So if the actual reversal does happen, I have like a three to $400 profit and I can risk that and actually try to get like a huge green day. But I shouldn't have been going long after this first, the second long that I lost two in a row, two losses. I should have just sat back and been like, okay, what's the most likely draw on liquidity? Well, we're probably going to break this low of day. So right when we broke this low of day, I got long again, stopped out at the bottom and then re-entered immediately. So I'm just one over trading. Two, I was read $150 and I was in this trade with two contracts. So if this would have broken the low of day, I would have been at my max loss. So that scared me as well. And then once we came back up and I was profitable on the day, I was like, fuck it. Let me just take my money because I don't want to be, this is still a downtrend until we break the high of day. Once we break the high of day, then you can for sure hundred percent say, okay, this has reversed, but this is still a lower high, lower, low, lower high. And then now we get the higher low. So I think maybe the only thing I could have done is trade less in the morning, look for smaller scalps and have my stop at break. Even don't really take losses this early in the morning. Like if your entry is bad, just get out immediately. Mm. And then once the actual V is forming, I need to sell one at a passive, um, a passive target and then one at an aggressive target. So I like to look at targets that way recently where I'm saying like, okay, you could say this level right here is a possible, this was a uh, lower high right here. So once we break this zone uh, at 43.74, that's whenever we're technically making like a change of character. Sorry. That's whenever we're making a change of character. And that's whenever, that'd be like a passive target, that that target right there. But then a, an aggressive target would be a break of the high of day because that's like a full-on change of character, structure change, the whole, now the V-shape is formed and we're going long. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, main thing is just don't trade your PL. That's the easy answer, but which is my what I did mostly. So yeah. It's super common. Don't beat yourself up. I do the same stuff. I do yeah. the same stuff. It's yeah. a different mindset though when you do have like Daniel was saying, when you do have more sheriff size because um or more contracts, because you can, you know, you can take half off and then you mentally you can be like well, you know, I have already an insurance policy. I have a cushion on this trade already on this specific trade. I already have a cushion on it. You know, if I, I, I would be comfortable taking 50% of the pro off the top of that trade if it doesn't work out, but you yeah. know, then you have the, you can capitalize on the upside if it decides to go farther, but it's a yeah, completely I, different mindset when you can take some off for profit. Yeah. I shouldn't have been that. I mean, yeah, if I was green already, that would have been a much different trade, I think. But yeah. that's not that's not how trading is supposed to be. You're not supposed to sit here and be like, oh, I'm down this much. Let me. I don't know. It's so hard, though, because like sometimes you do have to do that when the market's hard. You know, mm -hmm. you shouldn't really try to push so much and be like, oh, let me get an outsized green day. You know, I don't know. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely sizing in those those moves helps helps me a lot and taking quick profits off the table. And you'll actually notice, I think a lot of people do that because it'll be like a quick bounce and then it'll go down and struggle for a while because everyone's taking some of their profits and then it usually yeah. continues. And, yeah. and that's probably where you get a bit faked out. Not not to mention because uh, the the SPY or the ES is just, it's going to be a lot more shaky. I mean, even for the small caps, it'll go back a few times and then maybe continue. Yeah. Um, but for you, it might last two, three minutes even. Yeah, like 10, 20 sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. taking some off the table will probably feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. Size can size can make trading a lot easier. It obviously makes it a little bit more emotional or definitely a lot more emotional, uh, depending how much you size. But man, once you can start using size to your advantage, it, it does make a big difference for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to work up to being able to add into the trade as I'm winning, but the market just doesn't give us those moves anymore that I can just keep adding and adding and adding and selling at some super aggressive target. Yeah. But, adding um, into winners right now is, oh, that's not something I can do either. Yeah. Have you, what are your thoughts on the spy overall? Because it's been on a nice little rally, huh? I mean, to be honest, my same always shut up by the spy. I just don't I don't want to ever even sit and think for a minute that I'm going to have a better economic outlook than JP Morgan's $50 million budget they have on analysts every year. And every single one of those analysts are wrong. You know, it's like, how much money can these banks truly spend on prediction models and still be wrong? Like, I'm not going to be right. The only yeah. thing that I do like about news is... <clears throat> marking extremes from news catalysts so like the low of the year of last year in october you you just kind of went over it but it was october of last year was the low of the spy that day you can see how we gap down uh yeah right there you could see how we gap down and then we rallied like some crazy amount like 100 or 200 points off that low yeah, that's 200 ES points. So 18 spy points. Yeah. So that's insane. insane. That's a 5% one day increase from low of day to high of day. And you know what day that was? That was the day that CPI was the worst number ever. It was the the it was the biggest jump month over month that we've had so far in the entire cycle of this recessionary environment, whatever. And whenever you see a really bad catalyst cause the immediate opposite reaction that is a huge turning point in a stock like that's whenever everyone's caught off sides right everyone's positioned in the wrong way and they has to flip and then the whole market goes in the opposite direction and that happened on that cpi day back in october and then most recently i think it was maybe two or three weeks ago we've had um non-farm payroll was way higher than expected and we made a massive bottom on there as well and it was like a 120 point move from low of day to high of day so when I see stuff like that, that's whenever I'm like, okay, you kind of have to know like a little bit about economics in the environment, because if you saw the NFP non-farm payroll be really higher than expected and you were shorting that day and it rallied hundred points on you, that's a, that's not good. That is not yeah. a good thing or a place to be. So that kind of stuff is really important. But in general, when I see most normal headlines, like today we had retail sales and just bullshit like that, I don't fucking care. I don't care what's going on unless some massive insane move happens, then I'll get interested. But I mean, I think it's most likely this is my dumb opinion, but this most likely 
that we probably are just going to be in a ranging market for a very long time because like, I don't know if you guys have seen that video of the guy uh, going to Costco and doing the price comparison from last year to this year. And every single thing was like up a hundred percent, every grocery yeah. item, like every not item surprising I mean, at all. Like inflation's a hundred percent. Like it's pretty much a hundred percent year over year. And we're, we're saying it's like six. Yeah. That's, that's fucking dumb. Like that doesn't make any sense. First of I all, I was thinking Fed, about that just yesterday too. Dude, like the Fed omits like the extremes. They don't even include like groceries on their number. Mm-hmm. Like if groceries are too yeah. high on a month over month basis, they omit it because they're like, oh, it's only just happening this month. So we can't put that in the average. It's going to make the average so much higher. Well, that's and what you fucking do choose... whenever you want to see like the actual number, right? They probably get to choose like average versus actual median. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking about how much I paid for my first car. And like when I was a kid, when my dad would buy like a cool car and it was like a sport car and it was like $30,000, which buys you like a mid-grade Mazda these days. And it's just crazy. Every, like, everything has just like completely doubled. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no way we get out of this unscathed. There's no fucking way. It's impossible. There's just no reality where we're breaking out of all time highs on the spy and just like going into a new bull market. Like why the hell would this ever cause a bull market? I don't know, but I mean, I'm an idiot, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, I, was, I was just thinking like that is exactly when the illogical moves happen like if we come up and test highs on whatever stock and i've i've been wrong on a couple things this week where i'm like it should double top against this point if it doesn't it's probably going to reject so i'm not going to take it and it blasts through holds and then goes way higher and i'm like well i guess i was wrong about that but um We'll see. I like that the market is creeping up and IWM is as well. IWM has been having a nice rally bounce the last week or two as well, which is probably why small caps have been doing a little bit better since then too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a bias or conviction on whether I think the market's going higher or lower. Um, It's going to be interesting. Either way, I'd like it to hold around where it has been, like 430 spy, I mean. Um, yeah. Especially going into elections next year, I feel like if the market is kind of holding up, it could be interesting. I mean, there's just no way we get a recession the year before an election. That's what I you mean, would think, yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. How could that even, that never happens. And if they have it that looks- much control... Yeah, it looks real bad for incumbents. Yeah, why would you ever do that? So, yeah, I think it's totally likely we break the high and use it as a sell-off or just something like that. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see how we don't how we get out of this and it's like all good and fine and our debts just like increasing by a trillion dollars every two seconds <laughs> and it's like you know we're all great and everything's good. I just don't see debt? how that's a reality. Debt is fine. We'll pay it eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone's new yeah. High. Over All the people 20. that were about debt in like the 90s and 2000s, they're like, damn, I wish our debt was that low today. And it's like <laughs> back then they were like, oh, the debt was 50% of the GDP. And now it's like 100, 200% of our GDP or whatever. 
And I think we're just going to keep getting worse until it's like 500% of our GDP, 1,000% of our GDP. It's just like, you know, as long as we have the guns and the ships and all that shit, it's like America can be in debt uh, infinite money. We don't fucking care. Yeah, basically. That's what it feels like, yeah. I don't know if we get like a GFC. That sounds naive for me to even say that that won't happen. Of course, I have no fucking clue if that would happen. But it seems like the people who are highly have have the most wealth are going to be able to position themselves basically to just lose nothing. Like that's what they're trying to do. They're mm-hmm. trying to just stay afloat. They're not trying to like make super crazy speculative bets. They're just trying to s- just chill. And if the market ranged for three or four years, that'd be great for them. They'll just buy up every actual tangible asset in the world. And then the stock market yeah. will stay flat and they'll take all their money out of the market and put it into some fucking single family homes like BlackRock does. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of how I feel, though, in terms of, you know, if the if the market does break 480, let's say of a spy, I like I don't know if I'm going to be super bullish on a continuation because it kind of seems like the fundamentals maybe aren't backing it up as much. I, I don't know. I think uh, going into more safe assets would probably be more interesting, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's so hard predict, pre- predicting the macro stuff, but it's something that is a little bit more calm in the markets will definitely help the small caps. And that's kind of what I'm waiting for, but it just, this year doesn't seem to uh, seem to come, but yeah, point. I think right now the best investment is in yourself, you know, like learning new things, educating yourself on different things or stuff like that. I don't know why, unless you have, you know, I'm broke. I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a couple million dollars just sitting in this, sitting in my ass that I can fucking put into a Barclays 5% <laughs> account. You know, I have like 15 grand that I can deploy on something and I'm not going to put it in the fucking spy. I'm not going to get 5% because I don't give a shit about making 5%. I'd rather put it into something that, you know, some kind of business or anything that will make me, you know, more versatile in our economy. But well, last time I checked, Playboy is either going to go to zero or it's going to bounce a hundred percent any any day now. So. <laughs> any day now. Any day now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm watching NKTX still. I think that it's, uh, and now I'm long. This is, and... this video is sponsored by Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> pump up the stock price. <laughs> Gotta pump it up. <laughs> <laughs> Do not buy Playboy. That's, uh... Do you guys think that um, inflation will um, will increase volatility in small caps because there's just more more dollars just coming into the into the market to pump up these stocks? Um. I don't know. I I think not necessarily because like people are spending more dollars on like eggs and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree and there's no. also less um liquidity. So the interest rates are higher. So cheap mm-hmm. cheap capital is not as disposable as it was during COVID. I think actually this movie that just came out might actually attract some new eyes into small caps and day trading. I am almost more optimistic towards that but might be short-lived. It? Did you see it, Alex? I did not see it yet. It doesn't come out in Germany until the 28th for some reason, so I already oh, marked damn. it in my calendar. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I feel like for like Tom, your question, I feel like people don't really spend money on small caps unless they have like a lot of savings or something like that. Like, I don't know why, I don't know why any person would try to make a speculative bet if they can't pay for their groceries, you know, mm-hmm. or like pay their rent. But I'm not so sure about that. Fuck yeah, we will. Unless any of the big institutions just have, because of the inflation, there's just more dollar, more they have more capital because they're they're they own a giant asset, so it just keeps inflating and inflating. So they have more capital to put in other things, and are they more likely to buy up some of these smaller companies? And I feel like the stuff that you guys traders. I feel like the stuff you guys trade needs to have more upside. Like, I don't know why somebody with millions of dollars would put money into anything other than like maybe the top 10% of the Russell 2000 stocks. Like even the, even the spy, I mean, look at that. The spy, if you take out the top seven, so Nvidia, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix, Tesla, Google, if you take out those seven, the spy is up 4% this year. And then just those seven are up 53%. So these, these huge banks, they're buying only the top seven best companies in the spy. So why would they ever put money into any Russell companies? You know, unless it's like someone who's a VC and they're trying to do something like that. But the people who are Mm -hmm. actually moving the markets with billions of dollars, I mean, they're putting all their money right into the top seven, the ones that are like, have the button on your remote. Like I was talking about last week. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you don't have a lot of money to spend, like a small cap might be interesting because it's like, oh, maybe I'll turn my $500 into $5,000. But I think the second you actually have a decent amount of money, let's say north of 5 million, your, your goal in life is not necessarily to make it from five to 10 million. Your goal is not to lose the 5 million. So you're not going to really be putting that into speculative stocks. It just isn't, is not worth it for you. Maybe you'll do it with like a very small percentage of yeah. your portfolio. Like 10 or 20%. Yeah, max. Even that's probably way too much. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, just, just for fun. But uh, the rest of it, though, you're probably putting into, you're giving it to a wealth manager who's going to probably get you 10 to 15% each year. And then you're living on half a million dollars a year doing nothing. Yeah, that's the good life. And then you're reinvesting it. And then the next year is 550, then 600. Then, I mean you're growing quickly if you have that much. Yeah, I think that's that's basically the goal for sure. I think uh, also options have taken a shit ton of money out of small caps because before you want to trade the SPY and you want to make anything more than a dollar, well, you mm-hmm. got to use like 50 shares and that's like $25,000, you know? So it's like no one has that kind of money to even trade the SPY. Well, now... <laughs> Look at the zero DTE options. There's like a trillion dollars being traded every day in the zero day to expiration options. These guys, like you can buy like, you can buy 10 options contracts that are literally two, $2 for 20 bucks, right? That's way less of an investment, even in a small cap. And your upside could be like a thousand percent in one day. So I feel like even the, the charm of small caps of being like, Oh, I can make 20, 50%, 100%, multiple hundreds of percent in one in a week or more. That can happen on a daily basis just by trading SPX options. So it's like, I feel like that 
is something that is really transforming the market that we don't really understand yet because it's kind of only been like the past five years that that's become really like tradable by actual people with money. You know, before it was just like idiots like us, you know, now the actual banks are trading that shit, you know, like they're, they're leveraging their shit up like crazy with options. So yeah, I wonder how much that's going to affect the market over time as well. Who are you calling pinhead? <laughs> Sorry, just me. <laughs> yeah. That's how it looks like. I feel like Danny got some trades in on NKTX. I did. Um <laughs> not great. Um I went from like up 190 to down to 50 to up 170 it's super choppy like i said it's 35 million share float um it's just a lot of two cents down two cents up two cents down three cents up eight cents down six cents up it's just really hard to trade it's just not really worth it yeah that move at 1208 uh that dip and rip i think that was really the it felt like I was watching it happen. Yeah. And I was like, this feels like a good move. I didn't trade it, but uh if that if that was at like let's say 950 and I was I was all geared up, so to say, I, I probably would have taken yeah. it. And then <clears throat> the the next green candle at 1212 um that reclaimed the pullback sell-off. I would have thought that that would have had a stronger squeeze through to the upside, which I guess this is probably a good example of the difference between like a 2 million float and a 35 million float. Um, yeah. Lower float that probably would have squeezed right through where it found resistance there and kind of like grinded higher. Yeah. Still looks pretty good right there. And then it holds here. I don't know. And I'm trying not to waste orders. I had a 4,500 share position around three back there a little bit and i was sweating just a little bit um it worked out well enough kind of think it's probably not i've traded fifty-seven thousand shares of it and i'm up 168 dollars on it so that should tell me all i need to know yeah that's it it's a grind yeah yeah um i was uh yeah tickers like nktx you know from like 11 30 to 12 30 you know that's like prime time for this ticker and I don't know. It's it's an unusual time for a lot of traders to be active, but I guess people are just kind of waiting around and they're desperate. So you start seeing stuff. Yeah, like that, that might be the case. It's very unusual. Hmm. Yeah, I'm also a little bit undecided. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, I don't know if anyone has anything specific to share, but we could probably even move into like game plans going forward um, because it's just, yeah. you know, to me, I was just thinking it's been such a grind out here lately and there's nothing really new. And I kind of feel like the general yeah. mentality right now in the discords and chat rooms and just traders in general is kind of just like surviving and uh, waiting yeah. for consistency. I don't know if you guys are feeling anything different than that. A lot of people are having a hard time right now, up and down, up and down. Yeah. Yep. So I guess in terms of my game plans, uh, yeah, just um, trying to avoid mistakes. And I don't know, maybe you guys have some feedback here, but I was thinking about reducing my max loss because I don't know what it is, but I'm having like 
back-to-back green days for, I don't know, like let's say five days in a row, just like solid, you know, average, maybe $400 green days. And then I just come out of nowhere, hit a max loss or double max loss. And this has been happening to me for like two months now. So it's just like grinding up and then just whack. And I'm never like that. So it's, I don't know, do I reduce my max loss uh, to keep it a little bit tighter? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think say that right now, like discipline is more than more important than anything, honestly. Just yeah. staying super That's kind of what I was just it. thinking too. Like give um, yourself room to at least lose some money. You're right. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't once reduce you hit it. it. It's like absolutely shut the fuck, like shut the whole thing down. Like you have to stop. No questions asked. Like, yeah, it's so easy to take one more trade. It's just like, bam. Done. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. The one more trade, like it's it's always like I'll get to max loss within like two trades, except yesterday where it literally grinded down the whole time. Uh, but usually it's like <laughs> I'll go for brutal. something, it doesn't work, and just boom, okay. Well, that was a seven hundred dollar loser or like a fifteen hundred dollar loser. And I'm just like, ugh, like and then and then you don't find anything to crawl back out of the hole on. Um, so if like, I think if I'm like, if I'm not really trending up, I need to like keep reducing my size if I'm, if I'm struggling and then usually I'll do find something really good and then I size up. But man, until then, if I'm trending down, I need to probably wrap it up sooner and just keep sizing down as I'm trending down. I think it's like that one billionaire quote where he lost a shit ton of money and he was like, it happens really slowly at first, then all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll hit my max loss. Like just I'm just kind of just right there. And then I'm like, ah, one more. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm down 2x max loss. That's so how it happens. Yeah. For me for, too. On on those blowout days. Yeah. The blowout days, they it's like a snowball effect, right? Like first you're up a thousand and then you give back fifty yeah. percent. You're only up five hundred. You take one more trade, yeah. you're red on the day, and then boom, yeah. before you know it blowing past i'm back. glad i'm glad you mentioned the first you start at plus 1000 <laughs> yeah dude that's how it always is like i feel like my max yeah, my big red totally. days are never initially big red they're always yeah. like and then i'm bored or like hey you know what i can make it a you know two thousand dollar green day and then that yeah. like i start thinking about my p and l and getting greedy i guess yeah totally and that's what makes them hurt extra bad because you're just like, wow, uh -huh. I just wasted two more hours and I lost $3,000, you know? And like, if I just yeah. saved two hours of time and went to the gym, I'd be $3,000 richer and way less stress. <laughs> yeah, way less pissed off. <laughs> way less. <laughs> and I wouldn't have a broken laptop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wouldn't no, need to buy a new computer. I haven't done that. I haven't either. I know some people do. <laughs> yeah i've broken a monitor once <laughs> monitors are are okay that's that's what's yeah, supposed to break those are like the defensive line before the laptop <laughs> that's funny first fun. line of defense for the rest of your gear <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah if you guys want to find out monitors they can't really take a punch well <laughs> yeah that makes sense i got a glass chin brother <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what your girlfriend said about that. Yeah, she's not very. She doesn't like it when I punch things. Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. Understandable. Uh, anyone else's thoughts? That's that's my game plan. I don't know. Reducing my max loss potentially for for a bit. Um, I'm on. I'm doing decently well. 
in since last week and this week so far. So I'm going to kind of try to continue what I'm doing. Um, I think that I have been more conscious of trying to buy dips and waiting for the dips to come rather than especially getting in near highs for the first time. So that's been helpful. Um, I would like to start cranking my size back up a little bit. I uh, did pull size back, not a lot, but um, definitely went a little bit more conservative the last couple of days. But um, like as soon as I see myself starting to stack up gains on the day, I'm pretty happy to start jacking size back up quickly. So just trying to be careful. Um, I started today with two red trades that put me down just $90. And I was really good with just being like, all right, that's fine. It's literally nothing. It doesn't matter. Just wait for the open and see what maybe wants to move and we can go from there. So that worked well. Um, just trying to kind of keep keep that going. Keep a good head on. I like that. That's good. For me, um, I've been definitely wanting to be a little bit more selective with my setups. Definitely being more patient um, and wait for that opportune moment where the shorts are stuck. And then just mm -hmm. identifying that and just have to take action because a lot of times it just it'll blow right through the breakout. It will not be any like quick pullback or anything, any entry, it'll just kind of blow right through and then it'll just go straight up. And then that's the move pretty much price actions over and it just starts going backside. So um, yeah, just being patient for the opportune moment, right when you know, shorts are stuck um, and then taking your profits uh, on dips. I definitely um, have been noticing dips have kind of been working um on as long as it's still on the front side for sure once it's yeah. entering back side it's just absolutely atrocious um but also being aware i'm just looking at the level two and being aware of the the halt down level always kind of monitoring if it's getting close to that halt down le level definitely staying off the buy button until there's some demand that comes in or some buffer zone because if you hit buy and then it starts to get pinned you're pretty much not getting out and if it enters backside, you're you're opening fifty cents lower, a dollar lower, and yeah. that, that blew me on Monday. So I'm just trying to avoid that as well. So, yeah. uh, for me, I'm trying to just make sure that I'm taking as many like big zoom out, uh, kind of like mindset as possible. I try to do that as much as I can because, like, I mean, we've all listened to like so many podcasts and listened to so many traders that are super high level, $10 million in earnings, 20 million, 30 million, whatever. And every single one of them says, if you haven't been through like your three year lull where the market's boring as shit and you need to just make like tiny amounts of money and be extremely selective and learn how to manage risk to like an extreme level, then those years that are super good, you won't be prepared anyway. So it's like... Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that while I'm sitting here just grinding away basically nothing, and it's probably going to be like this for a while, and it's been like this for a long time, that I know that in the, at the end of this uh, whole journey of trading, it's going to be totally fucking worth it. And all these times of me sitting here and just like making 100, losing 100, making 200, losing 200, having two weeks of green and then losing it all in a day and doing all this bullshit, <laughs> eventually it's going to be so worth it for that one time where it's like, 
you know, everything lines up, everything's working. We're showing up every day We're none of us are ever even sitting here thinking for a second that like, this is the end, you know? Um, yeah. I just want to make sure I'm still, I stay in that mindset as long as I possibly can, you know, cause that's, yeah, we have to go through these times if we want to have multi-million dollar years. It's just inevitable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nice. We're all still so young. Even if it takes 10 more years, like we're still young after 10 years. We can still yeah. enjoy all that. Yep. It's not like we're 60 or 70. It's like, oh, well, if I wait 10 years, I could be dead. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's a huge that point. Right now. <laughs> Damn. That's I'm watching MKTX. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a couple more cents out of it and then nice. go to the gym. It's doing a good job, actually. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Feel free to take the floor, Toby. Uh, I, everything you guys said is pretty much what I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, so I'd be reiterating <laughs> a lot of it. I'm really looking for not necessarily pullbacks, but waiting to for the the stock to move back a little bit before I get in. Cause I'm not, I'm not in the mode of chasing anything right now. I don't like getting caught high and getting dumped on right now. And it's, it happens too often. So I'm trying to get in low. I've been trying to hold a little bit longer than I would normally get a little bit uncomfortable with the whole time. Even if it comes out as a, a break even trade and I'm up like two or 300 bucks, I want to try to hold those a little bit longer because I feel like I, I can get into some good spots when I'm getting in early on a pullback or uh, see some structure build up and uh, get into start working and start building a position. And I'm trying to see if I can hold through a, the bigger move. And if that, you know, if that makes me break even and not take that, you know, if I don't take that early $300 gain and end up break even, I think that it'll still pay off in the long run that I'll be able to hold some of these positions a little bit longer and, you know, catch, catch some of those bigger trades and, and uh, parlay that into a lot more money. I I'm okay with, you know, the break even sometimes when it's looking sketchy, I'll bail fast. And if there's a reason to sell, I'm getting out and I'll take the, I'll take the money when I can, but I'm really working on just holding, you know, getting into that five, even 10 minute range where usually I'm in that, 20, 30 seconds max. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I also uh, agree with Toby. Like I iterate with everything you guys are saying and it makes total sense to me. Um, and yeah, dips, dips are actually kind of interesting as long as you're on the front side. So you get a lot of these moves. I, I pull up the two minute chart uh, a lot lately and like, well, you'll go right into like the nine to like 15 minute EMA zone and on the one minute, it looks like it's kind of dead, but you could kind of tell on a little, when you zoom out just a little bit, like, man, we're still on a very healthy front side trend. And on the five minute, we're not even, even at the nine even May yet. So, um, yeah, just trying to be a little bit more cautious and not chasing these high things, uh, like you guys said, and then, yeah, making a big difference. So I think we, we all have a pretty good game plan <laughs> to some extent. The question is the execution. So let's, uh... <laughs> I, uh, I just executed on NKTX, which puts me at a good point to stop for right now. Yeah, five minutes extended. Looks like a solid volume top might have just set in right there. Yeah, super extended on all time frames. 
Yeah. Looks like we might have just seen a solid volume top. Man, nice work on MKTX uh, continuing to trade it. Like, I probably should have came back too. I mean, that was a really nice front side. Beautiful front well, side, actually. As I much think. trash as I talked about it, it really is holding up on the EMAs really well. So. And it started to feel like every time it dipped, it got bought up. And that is a big clue for me. Mm. You just have to be careful about, especially on the higher floats, like when is that one or two bigger people who are buying it up? When are they going to stop buying it? Right. Yeah, that's always the, the big question. <clears throat> and we're over the 180 SMA now, which uh, is quite bullish. That's actually really impressive. But yeah, I'm not going to be trading anymore today. Good luck to anyone that still is. But uh, you know, I, I love these. I love these tickers that grind up like that, because if we get a few of these, this is where I'll have those, you know, 2K days on these exact kind of moves, because then you could just get more and more and more aggressive. <laughs> it's really nice. I'm it's itching easy. to be more aggressive. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Even that's got the volumes like on average trending up here. This is really good. I've gotten like a glimpse of what happens when you take bigger size and hit a nice breakout. And I'm just itching for it. Yeah. Just trying to be patient. Yeah. I've, I've had a few of those uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks where you just, you nail mm -hmm. good size on one of those moves. Cause right now the percent like change on these tickers is really strong. You're getting like 10, 14% yeah. candles sometimes. And if you just nail one of those, you're like, it's like an instant yeah. K and it's just so which nice. One was it? The, uh, the 10, 16 candle on TPST, which went from uh, what, what did it do? It went from, opened at 727 hit a high of eight yeah so that's a 10 percent candle right yeah. there i got about half of it with like 2600 shares so it's just instantly a really nice trade just trying to wait for stuff like that half of that move is already pretty amazing yeah it was solid i was happy <laughs> yeah dang all right let's hope let's hope we get some more action like that tomorrow uh you know there's definitely a possibility the question is being patient and when and yep. uh, then then understanding you're seeing it, you know, understanding, okay, well, last 30 minutes was crap, but this was the move I was waiting for. So let me jump on it. I think that's really important right now. And yep. not, not letting that opportunity slip. Mm -hmm. All right, I have guys. to stay super focused, super yeah. disciplined, no big mistakes. That's everything, right? Now. Super yeah. caffeinated. Super yeah. caffeinated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the eyes are just like... <laughs> Yeah. I've actually been making my uh, espresso in the morning before the market opens lately to like give me something to do while I'm waiting for the open and uh, I've been doing well since I thought I you were going to say you want to, be, you want to be like ready to be jacked up the second it's 930 <laughs> yeah no but that's yeah I am <laughs> maybe that's a Man. maybe that's something I'm going to keep doing this we need the caffeine for sure yeah <laughs> Anyways, good stuff, guys. <laughs> All right, everyone. All right. Later, boys. That was a good one. Catch All right, you guys. Later. Guys.